you see people are mad about the uh, prices for tickets to your boys' reunion tour? Oh, my goodness. Dude, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I <laughs> I Blink-182, by the way. I, I specifically – you know, I, actually, this is funny you bring this up. So last week you were like, dude, what's going on? Is everything okay in there? I was – on the site trying to buy Blink-182 oh. tickets while we were on the air. Okay. I could not bring myself to do it, man. And I'm such a big Blink-182 fan, but the idea of paying you know upwards of $600 for a pair of not very good seats is just ridiculous. How much? Well, it's like after fees and everything, I mean, it, it literally is like over $600 for – a pair of seats to some of these concerts for Blink-182. You you could not find a pair for less than 500 You can't do it. Um, every day on the show, we do our top five stories of the day. Is Connor good to go, by the way? Is he ready to roll? To you know what? I, I totally screwed up. He's uh, he's um, not even in this uh, state. He's, he's in Colorado. He's on vacation. But oh, TJ's TJ. ready to roll here shortly. And plus, the Air Comfort Solutions text line has tons of good stuff for you to get to um so let's do it let's get our top five stories today typically during uh the football the football season we talk you know top five things we learned from the week before top five storylines things of that nature from an OU game but with a bye week this week we had a chance to broaden the horizons and dive into more than just the sooner so let's get after it it's time for the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day it's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, online at newcastlecasino.com. You heard the man, where real gamers go to play. Daily happy hours, the best reels in town, Newcastle Casino. All right, um... Let's kind of roll through this. Big story number five. Number five. I I don't know how to put this, but the baseball season is coming to a conclusion. I know that on this program, Steve Marshall would be very mad at us. We don't talk enough Major League Baseball, right? But the NLCS and the ALCS both come to a conclusion yesterday including from an aesthetic perspective, Josh, one of the coolest moments I think I've seen in the bottom of the eighth inning in game five between the Phillies and the Padres, three to two. Padres lead the Phillies when Bryce Young comes. (laughs) Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. (laughs) He's going yard. Bryce Harper came to the plate. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes. And it is going. Yes. yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. 4-3 to three was the final score. Bryce Harper was named the NLCS MVP. The opportunity to be able to be in that situation. I'm not there unless JT you know, gets that hit in that, in that at bat. I told K-Long before I walked up the steps, I said, let's give him something to remember. Just that moment, I mean, just being able to do it at home. I didn't want to get back on that flight to San Diego. I just didn't want to get you know, on a five-and-a-half-hour flight. <laughs> you know, I wanted to hang out at home and enjoy this at home with these fans, with this, with this organization and this fan base. 
I mean, you know, what do they say? Reality is always uh, pretty incredible uh, in getting real stories from people. And Bryce Harper basically says, I didn't want to get on a flight. Phillies are back in the World Series for the first time in a minute, uh, over a decade. When they won the World Series, gosh, I love those Dodgers teams in 08 09. They beat in the National League Championship Series. And uh, I guess, you know, call me maybe a little bit, I don't want to say of an apologist, but I still don't get as mad at the Astros for their cheating, even though it did cost the Dodgers. But, you know, they've been incredibly consistent. Sixth straight American League Championship Series, and they're back in the World Series. They want you to judge. Ground ball, weekly hit, Presley has it. Jumps part of the way in the first. Underhand, Sayuli inside. Starts running the news. The Houston Astros break out the rooms in the Bronx, and they're headed back to the World Series for the fourth time in six years. Your 2022 American League champions, Houston Astros. Who do we, who do we know that's a Yankees fan, Josh? Do you know a lot of Yankees fans? Mm, not really, no. Oh, stats. Dennis Stats Kelly. Dennis is sad today. Sorry, Stats. Sorry, Stats. Um, I know a couple of Padres fans, right? Uh, Crystal Codina. I did not know this, Crystal, that you were a Padres fan. My man Steve Bullard is a Padres fan. But, of course, Padres already won their World Series. They eliminated the <laughs> Stop Dodgers. it. <laughs> Stop it. They already won their World Series. So we'll wait until Friday for the start of the World Series. Phillies and... The Astros. Who are you pulling for? Arnie feels like my partner. Sorry, Vegas Sooner. My partner on Sunday nights, Arnie Spanier, you hear it right here on the ref from 10 p to 1 a.m., feels like that you have to have a team you're rooting for in every sporting event. So is there a team that you're rooting for more here? Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for the Phillies, for sure. Let's go. Let's buy Phillies gear. It's all Miles Teller's fault. You see him? I mean, Goose's kid is like big time now. Front row, shave the stash. He's become... He's become as important to the Philadelphia Phillies as Mac, Dennis, Frank. Can't be. Yeah, it, he's, he's trying. Charlie? I don't CD? know. The World Series defense. We might have a second World Series defense coming up. Oh, that's right. The parking. The parking ticket. Did they, they tow his car? Just give him a ticket. I think they towed their car. I dropped that last night, and absolutely nobody got it, Josh. It's like, what? I said, there is nobody more popular right now. Then Green Man. Then <laughs> Green Man. <laughs> and then Cricket ended up getting on the bus. Crickety Cricket. All right, all right, listen, we'll get we'll get down to no always sunny in Philadelphia rabbit hole and never get through this. But Phillies and Astros starting on Friday night. Okay, big story number four. Number four. Uh, the NBA season is here, and it's um but I have to laugh. We're doing the top five stories of the day, and literally the uh the preview of the World Series draws a it's that's too much baseball talk. <laughs> too much baseball sir, talk. Sir, sir, sir. This is I, a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's, and I agree. So let me let me bore you even more with some NBA where it's kind of been a rough start for the Thunder, though they're they're competitive, as my man Kyle Walton said, lose the game, win the war. Uh, because there's some of you that are uh, all about Tank City, Thunderfall in uh, in their home opener, 116-106. Apparently, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the only team the Thunder are going to play this year, having played two of their first three games against them. They're 0-3 on the season. 116-106 was the final score. They've got the Clippers 
coming up a little bit later on this week. That's Wednesday. All right, big story number three. Number three. National Football League, I would say a couple of the highlights included Carolina beating a suddenly terrible Tampa Bay team. Final score was 21-3. to Walker in the gun, Foreman off his left tip, two receivers to the left, two stacked to the right. One of them is the tight end, Trimble. Walker the snap, fires downfield, Tommy Trimble's open, makes the catch, touchdown, Panthers! So I was flying back yesterday, and I flew into Charlotte. So I flew from LaGuardia to Charlotte, and then Charlotte to Tulsa, where I met my family, and we drove back. Really stupid decision, should have just flown to OKC. But like I said, what am I, Josh? I'm a budget traveler, and if I can save 75 bucks landing in Tulsa and meet my family, let's go. I flew over the Panther Stadium, and you know you can tell game day. There's a buzz. You can kind of see around it. And <laughs> right. There it, was not much of a buzz. Is dude, that what you're trying nothing, to tell me? Like, I literally had to look on my phone to see if they were playing a home game. There was nothing. There was Is no this party. the right city? Right, and I'm, I'm flying in. I'm landing there at um, 10. So that's 10, 11, 11. That's like two hours before a kickoff. Nothing. Nada. Zippo. Zilch. And Tampa goes in there and lays an egg. Almost as embarrassing as Aaron Rodgers laying an egg for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, even though, does he spell with two A's? I think he does. He does. Aaron afterwards. We just got to play better. All of us. You know, I think if we all look at the film, there's probably a number of plays in every phase that we could have done better. But we just, I said it before, the margin of error is so tight that we don't execute at all on offense. Uh, It's not winning football. But I guess here locally, it's more about two big stories from yesterday. The Giants and the Jaguars, who Fox 25 decided was the must-watch game, Josh. Maybe we should take Fox's advice and just talk Brian Dayball versus Doug Peterson. What, What are we doing? Who decides that? Doesn't the local station get a say on that? It wound up being a good finish, but I'm with you. I I mean, look, I I hear you. That was not a great game to watch, and it makes no sense for this market. None. None. But I would say it's probably more about Dak Prescott's return and the Cowboys winning. Just the defense and the team just playing complimentary football, so it was important for me to, to see that and to recognize that, no coming back try to do too much uh we've got a hell of a run game we've got a defense that can make turnovers can get touchdowns themselves and uh my man know. was rusty yeah th- see that's the thing too i i guess no one really expects anyone to struggle to get things kind of back it might take you a little bit oh he was terrible yeah he was he's been out for a while garbage uh and then there was patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs who apparently had a big team bonding week this week. Juju just talked about Friday. He said, uh, you guys gained a lot of chemistry playing Call of Duty and Warzone, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, won three straight. Can you describe it from your perspective? Yeah, I don't, I don't play uh, all the time, but some of those guys play. And so when I had a, kind of a free night on Friday, and so I told them, I was like, I'll get on with y'all for a little while. And so it was me, uh, Travis, Marquez, and Juju, and – Marquez and Juju are really good. Me and Travis are just all right. But we did our part, and we went three for three with, with three wins in Warzone, which I don't do often, which I, they might, but I don't. So I felt pretty good about it going into the game. Josh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. 
Too many video games? Let's take your calls. 405 they're They're fortunate they won. Otherwise, this really could have turned into a nightmare. Can you imagine the uh, the other side of those internet mics when Patrick Mahomes starts barking out to Travis Kelsey? And you got Mark, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju. It'd be pretty fun, right? Good, yes. good online match to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't mind that. The, um, the media dorks, you know, like, oh, man, how did this play into the game on, on Sunday? It's like, oh, stop it. They're playing video games. Well, and in all honesty, I mean, listen, Juju Smith-Schuster, it has nothing to do with bonding and chemistry. It has everything to do with being healthy. Get on the field. You're a really good football player when you're healthy. Injuries has, have – sidetracked him and I will say I was cracking up all morning long dude uh why am I blanking on your backup running back that that became the starter Isaiah Pacheco Pacheco everyone the the Chiefs have announced that they are starting Pacheco over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and every fantasy nerd on the planet is like if you have a fantasy team you need to pick up Pacheco (laughs) he's available on wires and literally he and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire carry the ball the same amount of times in the game People then, are, like, ready to write Clyde Edward Hilaire's funeral. I know. We, we, we put Hilaire in the, in the pig pen, and we elevated Pacheco to, like, the penthouse. And at the end of the game, they didn't even throw a ball to Pacheco. And Hilaire had what, about the same number of carries. So, everybody just calm down a little bit. Chiefs are really good They're going into their bye week. Anything else from the NFL before we kind of combine two and one here real quick? I think we're good on time. No, I mean, I think you hit the two big ones. Is just what, what in the world is going on with the Bucs and right. – uh, you know, same thing for Green Bay. Yeah. All right, big story number two. Number two. We're going to talk a lot of college football, which kind of ties into big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Which is counting down to Oklahoma and Iowa State this weekend. 11 a.m. kick. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network with a 9 a.m. kick. So does that mean we start our pregame coverage at 7 a.m.? On Saturday morning or earlier? It's got to be, right? Uh, As we speak, Jeff Levy and Ted Roof are meeting with the media. There is no, and I repeat, no kick time that's been announced for the Baylor game. In fact, four of the five games for next week have been held as a six-day selection. The West Virginia at Iowa State game is the only game time that's been announced. And, Josh, that's a 2.30 kick on ESPN+. Plus. As it, as it stands now, Oklahoma Baylor, Oklahoma State at Kansas, Texas at Kansas State, and Texas Tech at TCU, no game times announced. So you get that to look forward to going forward. Why? Why are they doing this? It's not. I guess it doesn't really technically matter too terribly much. But, Just let us plan, please. Um. Anyway, how come I'm not seeing any of the? Uh, oh, the coordinators aren't meeting with the media for another ten minutes. Okay, they're going a little bit later today, eleven uh, thirty a.m. with uh, Jeff Levy and, and Ted Riff. Okay. My, my, I was like looking. I'm like, why haven't we seen anything yet? But they're going a little bit later on than they do. And 
No, listen. Okay, hold on a second. Who are you speaking with today? Jay Valai and Joe John Finley. I'm going to say this real quick and I'm done. Someone just hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line because I was joking about the Giants and the Jaguars. This guy has been – he is under my skin. I hate you. Dallas and Giants, division rivals. New to the area? No, you freaking moron. I've lived here since probably before you were born. And number two, the Washington and Commanders are playing the Green Bay Packers at the same time. And there's a much larger contingent of Packer fans in this area than there are Jaguar fans. New to the area? I'm. Why am I getting so triggered this morning? It's a great day. This person barely knows sports. I can't believe they put that game on, that person on the text line. They they didn't even know the tiebreaker scenarios. They ruined it for the rest the of us, made us watch that lousy New York-Jacksonville game. Right. I mean, it, it, listen, I don't care. All right? At the end of the day, I don't care. But I, I think that it's important to be in tune with what your area wants. And when you're playing – here's the other thing. The Cowboys are playing at the same time. So who cares – who their division rivals are, and what's going on on that station. Now, in fairness, that was an incredibly awful slate of games. Awful slate of games that Fox had for that early kick. But, yeah, no, no, no. It it made no sense that they subjected us to Giants-Jaguars yesterday. None whatsoever. Uh, And Kendall's like, five-hour flight from Philly to San Diego? Um, maybe... Maybe if they were taking a couple stops along the way, but I think it'd be more like three, wouldn't it? From Philly to San Diego, maybe like three and a half. Maybe when he says five and a half hours, he's talking round trip, because I thought that same thing. What are you, flying a prop plane to get there for five hours? Um, Back to college football. Was there anything, Josh, as we put a wrap on this segment and I get, get ready for Coach's Corner, anything that we missed from this weekend? that you felt like we needed to get to from A&M's loss to the frustration of, of of how things are going in College Station to Texas coming up short to Oklahoma State rolling, Clemson finding a way, getting a few calls to go their way, seeing Jalen Daniels and Bo Nix have success. Is there anything at all, anything at all, that we're missing out from that full slate of college football? What about A&M? Where, where are you at with it? I mean, obviously the buyout is just outrageous for Jimbo Fisher, so we don't think that any sort of a change will, will get made. And, uh, you know, we'll see how this week plays out against an Ole Miss team that, oh, by the way, comes down to Kyle Field and College Station, a little ticked off because they just got handed their first loss last week, so it could get worse this week for A&M. But where are you at with it? I mean, obviously they're not going to make a change y- yet, right? Mm, maybe. You know what I think would be more likely? Let me see if we we got time here. Gabe, is coach here? Okay, here's what I think is more likely. (laughs) I'm going really long here, sorry. I think it's more likely that Jimbo Fisher bails. I think it's more likely that somewhere like West Virginia might – become intriguing to him i mean i know he's got ranches but you know neil brown 
One week it seems like he's kind of the guy. West Virginia beats Baylor. They lay an egg in Lubbock, right? So I don't, I don't think A&M's going to fire him because I don't think that the aesthetics of paying an $80 million buyout are a good thing. But, no, I wouldn't say that maybe Jimbo Fisher realizes, all right, I got a dumpster fire here and might try to go somewhere else. Wouldn't rule that out at all. But right now, that's who you're stuck with. Then again, there's 80 million reasons why he wouldn't do that. <laughs> that's right. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Oh, here's an update, too, from a pilot. Um, Philadelphia to San Diego, 3,000 miles. It's an easy five-and-a-half to six-hour flight. There you go. Have never made it. I wouldn't know. But I know that anything over two hours is a long time in a plane to me. And I spent two hours in a plane, and I didn't like it. So I agree with Bryce Harper's perspective 100%. I mean, that's pretty amazing you can basically go, I mean, coast to coast that quickly. <laughs> Three, five, and and it's not, I was like, that did seem long, but there you go. We've got official confirmation, Kendall. Where are the morons? All right, um, I got a break, and TJ's probably losing his mind knowing that I haven't taken this break yet, and it's already 11.24. And with that, uh, I sign off for it today. Man, I got – there's so many little underlying kind of themes from today's show that I want to I, I go more in-depth on, right? I want to talk more about expectations for Oklahoma the rest of the way. Here's a good question that just came in. Has anyone mentioned the IQ of the AM quarterback coming back onto the field and laying down when he hurt his shoulder? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty sharp. It's like, ow – my arm, oh, I almost got to the sideline. Now I'm down. <laughs> Pretty smart. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's left for the Sooners, and I'm excited to talk about it the rest of the week. And I'm more intrigued to see what the fallout is. We had another coach fired today. Um, the guy at Charlotte got canned. So we'll see what else might happen. I mean, if Neil Brown gets smoked this weekend, maybe West Virginia makes a move. Who knows? It's not going well in Morgantown in that roller coaster season they've had. Wild week upcoming in the Big 12 and a wild week ahead of us. There's your Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day with a little kind of dabbing, dab, dabbing, <laughs> dabbling in the Air Comfort Solutions text line in between it. Some filibustering toward the end. We got a little carried away here, but that's what this show does. That's Josh on Plank. Uh, I'm out. Josh and TJ have you the rest of the way next right here on The Ref. Hour number three, it's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside the man, the myth, the legend, TJ Perry, slides in to join us. Hour number three, it's brought to us by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team 405-703-3843. Give them them a call, family-owned and operated, over 35 years of experience. The uh, insurance specialists out there, full-service company, they've got fire and flood remediation work as well. That is Moppin' Roofing, 405-703-3843. TJ, good morning to you, my friend. Good morning. Uh, morning. Obviously, Legend's a little strong, more like icon, but that's okay. Thank you for the introduction. King of the midgets, you don't want that introduction either. (laughs) Right. So uh, we've had a busy Big 12 slate that we, we got to take in. You know, I'm impressed with what TCU can do offensively, but, you know, 
Will Howard coming into that game and the effectiveness with which he was able to run things for Kansas State, again, I, I kind of look at TCU and I say, yeah, they realistically could run the table, go unbeaten, and get into the college football playoff, but I don't look at TCU as any sort of legitimate contender if and when they get into the college football playoff race. What did you make of Oregon dismantling UCLA? That's not good for the Pac-12 on a national landscape. Not good for the Pac-12. Toby and I were discussing this earlier about Oregon, and he asked if they run the table, do they get in? And I said, depends on who they're sitting there fighting to get in with that fourth spot because the other teams that are going to be sitting there, one of them probably may be Georgia, and you've already been destroyed by them. So who's sitting there with you, and what's their resume? Had they played Georgia closer, I'd probably believe that a little bit more, but they're going in the right direction at this point, and they're looking good. So I wasn't expecting – didn't surprise me that they beat UCLA, but beating them in the way that they did surprise me. So they're going to be in the conversation. I just don't know how much that first game of the year is going to hurt them because of who – is going to be sitting there in line to get into that spot. It's going to be a comparable a, yeah, Georgia or a comparable SEC team that they're like, mm, we're probably going to go that way. We've already seen this with Oregon. So. Well, and if you get in the scenario where Georgia's the number one overall team, sure, right, then Oregon fighting for that fourth Do you spot, get that spot, right? Yeah, it's you know even from that scenario, it's like I don't know. We've seen this, and it was forty nine to three. And does anybody want to watch? that again right our first college football playoff rankings do they come out this week is it next week i hadn't heard now that you say that it's got to be it will be next week i think tuesday november 1st yeah so we're getting close getting close to our first set of debates for rankings that really don't matter <laughs> and that is always a hey they cause debate that matters i know i know it's good for us it's it's good for us for sure a time-honored tradition the CFP rankings that we can all get upset about that really have little to no impact. Will change 15 times. Uh, not that many because we don't have that many rankings, but uh, numerous times before they get to that final four. We're, we're due a break. we got to get caught up on that. Before we take it, the, the intel. You were all over this once again. I would not have seen uh, – we've talked about the two big games in the Big 12. We've not really spent any time talking about Texas Tech routing West Virginia – that, to me, uh, you know, coming off the, the nice win that they picked up over Baylor, TJ, that is almost, I think, nail starting to get twisted into the coffin for Neil Brown to, to follow up the nice performance versus Baylor with that bad of a game down yeah. in Lubbock. You had the intel, though. You, you locked this this past week that Texas Tech was uh, – I'm not taking credit for that. The chairman's all over that. <laughs> He laughed at that spread and said, this is going to be an easy cover. And sure enough. It was. <laughs> they just completely kicked West Virginia. And you're right. With Brown, he can't get traction. He'll do something positive, and then he completely sets himself back. There's no consistencies all over the place. Like, you think he's a good coach, and you think, all right, here we go. They're going to start building something. And then it's just the same old, same old the next week. So I don't expect him to be back the following year, uh, next season. So. I see Bill's hanging on. We'll get to him out of the break as well. The importance of this Iowa State game for Oklahoma this week. I'm looking at the rest of the Big 12 scoreboard too. And not to totally play Debbie Downer with you on this Monday, but Kansas kind of starting to resemble a team that maybe might not win another game 
the rest of the year. So what does that mean for OU? The trip up to Ames, if you, if you go up there and win, what's uh, the importance there? And where kind of are we at with uh, what this week means for Oklahoma beyond just, hey, go, go win another conference game and finally uh, you know win a road game in the Big 12. So let's kick that around. It is the final hour of the Plank Show. Of course, we've got, I think, the uh, – Assistant availabilities have started over at OU, so the bits and pieces, news and notes from that that we can pass along, obviously can't can't really share and play that audio for you, but uh, the news and notes that we can pass along, we will certainly do so. But you want to hit us up, you can do so. Riverwind call in line 405-329-9000. Air Comfort Solutions text line, that's yours as well, 405-651-3439. Josh and TJ, The Plank Show, Hour 3, rolling on next. Mopping, roofing, and construction. Bringing us hour number three. It's the Plank Show. A couple more segments to go. Somebody hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which, oh, by the way, BT Dubs, you can do the same as well. 405-651-3439. And they asked, asked, I read online that Arch Manning is flipping from Texas to Tennessee. No, that is, uh, there's, there's nothing of substance to report on that front. Though, I, I'm looking at the headline that maybe you saw from, let's see here, John Bueller on Fan Sided. How to lose a Manning in 10 days. Arch is definitely flipping to Tennessee now. And let's see. Arch Manning, here, here's the first paragraph in the story, okay? Arch Manning flipping from Texas to Tennessee still feels like a pipe dream. But the last week or so? has turned that fictitious nightmare for Austinites into a potential reality for the Rocky Top faithful. And really, without reading the rest of the story to you, basically the premise is, well, Texas is 5-3 and three now and Tennessee's playing really good football. So beyond that, hey, it'd be great, right? I, like you, would, would revel in Texas's misery and in Arch Manning decommitting, but I don't think there's anything particularly newsworthy to report on that front. No, this is just like a Jackson Arnold. I mean, teams suddenly have a loss or two, and it's like, oh, well, obviously none of these recruits are going to go to that school. So, yeah, I'm not buying any of that. I'm not saying that they can't lose Arch Manning and that there's still time to do that. Or that Oklahoma might lose Jackson Arnold. I mean, it feels well, exactly, like exactly. So, we just don't know with any with, of these kids. With these kids in today's world, and, and as we said, uh, you show up with a bag of cash and a truck, you can flip on a dime. So <laughs> nothing's, nothing's concrete until they're on the campus. How important is this trip to Ames for Oklahoma? And, and how much of the rest of the season can we, you know, the trajectory of it, how much can we glean in your mind from how this weekend plays out? Well, I think out? you want to continue to keep building and, and build off of what you did, you know, a week ago and continue to win and, show that you're going in the right direction. I think it's huge. I think every game the rest of this year when you're sitting on three losses already is huge. You don't want to you don't want to be a four or five loss team and that that potential's still out there, but you would like to show improvement, continue to build. Iowa State has been very good defensively, but their their offense, you know, has been terrible the majority of the year. So, um I would like to think that OU could go out there and and put enough points on the board to win this game on the road and and carry that momentum and Bring it back home the next week. So it's 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 huge. Total offense ranks. Let's see here. That is the the wrong Iowa. That is the Iowa Hawkeyes that are dead last naturally. Iowa State though is just eighty eighth in total offense. Deckers has been largely 
the worst quarterback so far this season in the Big in 12? In the Big 12, absolutely. I, I locked Oklahoma this morning, which take that for what it's worth in the Ref Royal An Rumble. early lock for you is something. So It might be uh, the <laughs> kiss of death we all, all fear, but to me this is an ideal matchup for Oklahoma. Iowa State has so many problems offensively. Xavier Hutchinson, incredible talent. He might be... He's a problem, and he could do big things and cause you problems throughout the afternoon. So whatever you got to do schematically to just take him out of the equation, to me that's that's step one. You, you obviously try to do that if you're Oklahoma and you try and make everybody else beat you. Because outside of Xavier Hutchinson, I just I don't think Deckers is going to, on paper... Should not pose a bunch of problems for you, but of course we know OU's had its uh, serious problems defensively. So probably that's you know for Oklahoma's standpoint, TJ. Given that uh, you've you know had the bye week to sort some things out, if you go up to Ames and Iowa State, you know kind of comfortably puts up thirty four whatever points it may look like on you. If they look good offensively, that's that's a concern. It's yeah, a major concern. That's, that's and, probably the biggest and that's issue. And that's been the tendency with OU, regardless of who it's been in conference play, regardless of who the coordinator is or the head coach over the last four or five years. Big 12 teams, be it starting quarterback, backup quarterback, whatever it is, puts points on the board against this team. And you sit there and look around the conference. You look at what people have held Iowa State to offensively this year. And like I said, they've held people down because their defense is good. But they come in here – or they – at home put up 35, 42 points or something like that, and you squeak out a win, I think it's very concerning because they haven't been able to score on anyone this year. So we got posed this question earlier. I don't know if you heard us kicking this around. Somebody asked, who's going to finish with a better record, Oklahoma or Texas? <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> it's tough. I, I, I think that could go either way. I, I think mean, they're going to – coin flip. I, I guess I'm – I don't know what I'm leaning. I'm probably leaning Texas, I guess, but I don't. Then the other part of me is like, well, I think Oklahoma can win every game. I think they can win out. They can win every game, and I think they have a really good chance to do that outside of the Oklahoma State game. Right. Right. So I don't know. I'm 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 waffling back and forth on it. <laughs> I honestly kind of think they're both going to finish seven and five. But yeah, you can post that question. It's like get off the fence, make a pick, right? It's such a good question, though, because I do think Texas is losing its next two games. At Kansas State, they, Texas got a bye week. Then they go to Kansas State, and they play TCU. Then they go to Kansas and close with Baylor. I think they're losing the next two and probably winning the final two. Oklahoma, I've got a really hard time, though I think it's possible that they can win all five of these games, and I think I think it's possible they can win four out of the last five, TJ. It's Really difficult for me right now with the defense that's been this porous for Oklahoma to comfortably say I, I that they're they're gonna win every single one of these road games left. That they're and I know West Virginia has not beaten OU up there since joining the Big Twelve, but eh, all streaks. That was that where Neil Brown saved his broken. job for the season. Yeah, looks good on that Saturday. Or that so. they're going to Lubbock and winning. Right. I don't know. Let's get Bill. Is Bill still hanging on? He is. Okay, Bill, what's up, man? Before we uh, take this final T.O., welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. How many nails do you think goes in Sartesian's thing if he loses the next two? And A, maybe to Baylor. 
Well, if I, I, th- I mean, do you think he gets fired, TJ, if he loses three out of the last four? I think it's, I think it's quite possible, yeah. and I think Gary Patterson may be sitting there waiting to take that job. So, which I don't know if that's what you want to do if you're Texas. I don't know if it is either, but look I, at what Sonny Dykes is doing at TCU with Patterson's guys. That's true, and, and I've been sitting here screaming into these microphones for years. Gary Patterson is the most overrated coach, and if. Sonny Dykes doing what he's doing with TCU is not the greatest indication of that. I don't know what is. But I'm with you to your point, TJ, that, yeah, that might have kind of always been the plan all along was, hey, look, uh, we got Gary Patterson hanging out. That's now, an interesting Go back interesting to that article, though. does Gary Patterson keep you Arch Manning? No, uh, no probably not. not. And, not, and that yeah. might be the ace in the hole. Sure for Steve Sarkeesian is, hey, look, you've got Arch Manning coming in. Appreciate the phone call, Bill. Okay. No, no, no. What what else you got before you get out of here? What what were you going to say? I was going to say, if Oklahoma comes out and plays pretty good defense and wins this game, I think this can be the start of them winning every game the rest of the year. I hope you're right. Optimism. Optimism on a Monday. Appreciate it, Bill. Have a good uh, rest of your morning. Yeah, how, how do the rest of you out there feel? I mean, I said earlier, TJ, that I'm obviously really confident OU's going to win this game. I locked Oklahoma minus the one and a half at that number. I think the following week at home versus Baylor for me, not that Baylor is anywhere close to what I thought they were going to be, but that's going to be the game to where if OU goes up, wins in Ames, and then turns around and kind of wins comfortably at home over Baylor, I'm going to say, okay, yeah, there's a good chance OU wins you know, each of those final two road games and, and makes this a pretty good finish to the season. But let's discuss that next. The uh, assistant availability is uh, happening at OU as well. Final TO, Plank Show, we're wrapping it up next. Home of Sooner fans, back after this. Oh, yeah, one final time, we're back. It's the Plank Show, paving the way here for Steelman and Thune at noon. Am I hanging out with Steelman for one segment? You may, it doesn't matter, if you'd like to. I'll hang out with the okay. Steelman. <laughs> Hang out with the Steel Man as uh, Parker, I guess, is over there covering the assistant coach availabilities. Let's see here. Just a little cleanup on the text line before we get out of here. Appreciate you guys, as always. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Texas loses a minimum of two of their last four. TCU and at K-State probably loses at home to Baylor, and a loss at Kansas wouldn't shock anyone. They could easily lose all four and end up 5-7 and seven again. Like you said, Plank, Texas is who they are. OU only loses one the rest of the way, probably at Texas Tech. They beat Oklahoma State and Norman. I predict Oklahoma 8-4, and four, Texas 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> Boy, uh, the narratives would be quite different if it winds up that way. Absolutely. You feel completely different about how your season's gone, what you're building on, and then I just don't know how you bring him back if you're Texas. No, no. I mean, if, if they're the same mess you were with Tom Herman, I mean, nothing's changed. I mean, and one quarterback commit or signee, I, I don't know that that's enough to, even though it's Arch Manning, I don't know that that's enough to justify bringing somebody back that is leading you into the SEC and leading you there poorly, right? That 
if it plays out that way. Now, look, if they if they win their Final Four, then we're singing a, a sure. different song. No, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, the, the way this thing looks like, probably it's going to go. Texas gets the bye week, then they go to Kansas State, and I would imagine Adrian Martinez is back ready to go for that game. And, I, man, I don't see Texas beating Adrian Martinez, Kansas State. Josh, love when you host. Texas and OSU and Joe B suck. <laughs> if USC loses one more game, does that coward, pathetic excuse of a coach purposely lose another game? Let me see here. I, I didn't click on this. Lose another game to avoid a matchup with OU and the Alamo Bowl. That's from Mike. Gosh, how glorious would it be if oh, it ends up the Alamo Bowl matchup? It'll be so awesome. So what needs to happen for for that to – does OU need to win out? I think they would have to win out and get that Alamo Bowl spot, yeah. Oh, man, that'd be so good, though, wouldn't it? Caleb Williams might throw for 750 yards. That's the that bad part's, thing. They've still that part's got Caleb a little Williams. alarming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting, to, getting to play USC would be pretty fun. As always, appreciate you fine folks on the text line for TJ, for Plank. That's it for myself. I'm sticking around for one more segment, but it's time to hand it off to the professional. Steelman and Thune at noon. Keep it dialed in right here. The Ref Radio Network, the home of Suter fans. Well, until next segment for me, but uh, until tomorrow for the Plank Show. So long, everybody. <laughs>